Hello, my name is Geraldine Goescolar. I am adjunct associate professor of law at the National University of Singapore. Today, I will speak about jurisdiction and control over space objects. You can run, but you can't hide. Well, if one ran so far away and hid among the darkness of space, could the long arm of terrestrial jurisdiction reach so far? Is there an entity that retains jurisdiction over a person or an object launched into outer space? Today, I'd like to consider the question of jurisdiction and control over persons and objects in outer space. Article 8 of the 1967 Treaty on Principles Governing the Activities of States and the Exploration and Use of Outer Space, also known as the Outer Space Treaty, provides that state parties on whose national registry a space object is registered is the state retaining jurisdiction and control over such object and any personnel thereof, while the object is in outer space or on a celestial body. By attributing jurisdiction and control to the state of registry, the Outer Space Treaty avoided any reference to national territoriality in outer space, while incorporating the rights of the state to exercise legislative, judicial and administrative authority over the space object in question. The criterion for the exercise of jurisdiction and control is the registration of the space object in the National Registry of the state. The concept of jurisdiction in general international law is derived from the state sovereignty. There are three categories of jurisdiction. The first is prescriptive jurisdiction, which is the right of the state to apply its laws to regulate persons and activities. The second is enforcement jurisdiction, which is the right of the state to punish non-compliance with its laws. The last is adjudicative jurisdiction, which is the right of the state to subject entities to their judicial processes and to issue rulings. Article 8 does not stipulate that only one state may exercise jurisdiction and control over the space object in question. However, under Article 2 of the 1976 Convention on the Registration of Objects Launched into Outer Space, or the Registration Convention, there are two or more launching states of any space objects, then those launching states shall jointly determine which one of them shall register the object. This may mean that only one state may assert jurisdiction when appropriate. Control refers to the right of the state of registry to adopt technical rules to achieve the objectives of the space mission and, if necessary, to direct, modify or correct the elements of the mission. Under international space law, then, registration creates a link that attributes the jurisdiction and control over a space object to the state that registered that object. This allows the identification of relevant national law that applies to that space object. Moreover, the state of registration cannot deny its liability as a launching state in the case that damage is caused by the space object. However, does the state of registration that nominally would be the state with jurisdiction and control over the space object in question actually have to be the state with the technical capability to exercise such jurisdiction and control? Asked a different way, must the state of registration have a genuine link to the space object in question? The term genuine link appears also in maritime law and describes the relationship between a flag state and the state having the right to fly its flag. A genuine link is necessary for the ship to have the nationality of the flag state. The 1958 Convention on the High Seas requires that the state must effectively exercise its jurisdiction and control in administrative, technical and social matters over ships flying its flag. Similarly, the 1982 United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea 
also requires the existence of a genuine link between the ship and its flag state. The purpose of requiring a genuine link between ships and their flag states is to reduce the number of possible registration states, thereby preventing ships from assuming flags of opportunity for the purposes of tax or liability avoidance. Although Article 5 of the Convention on the High Seas grants each state the freedom to fix conditions for the grant of nationality to a ship, the flag state must be in the position to effectively exercise jurisdiction and control over the ship on the high seas in order for a genuine link to be established. The genuine link criterion is also used to establish whether an aircraft can be said to have properly registered in its state of registry. In line with Article 19 of the 1944 Chicago Convention on International Civil Aviation, it has also been used by the International Court of Justice to determine issues relating to the acquisition of nationality by natural persons in its 1955 judgments in the Nautobahn case. There has been argument by analogy that in international space law, only a launching state, that is, a state that has launched a space object, a state that has procured the launch of the space object, a state from whose territory the object was launched, or a state whose facilities were used to launch the object, will meet the criterion of having a genuine link to the space object and, consequently, have the standing to register it and to exercise jurisdiction and control over it. However, in international space law, there is no specific requirement that the launching state must have a genuine link to the space object by means of having the technical capability to supervise and operate it. The reason for this was to avoid limiting the liability of states in the case that damage was caused by the space object in question. Is there any point, then, to a discussion of a genuine link between the state of registration and a space object? Obviously, international space law makes a distinction between the launching state, which bears liability for damage caused by the space object, and the state of registration, which is deemed to be the state with jurisdiction and control over the space object. It seems counterintuitive that a state that had jurisdiction and control over a space object may not be the state that is liable where damage is caused by that object. It is even stranger that, so long as a state enters the space object in its national registry, it has jurisdiction and control over that object, whether or not it has any capability to exercise that jurisdiction and control. The significance of this discussion becomes more obvious when one recalls that the import of exercising jurisdiction over a space object is that the national laws of the state of registry apply over that space object, including any personnel thereof. This includes the national laws relating to civil and criminal issues, as well as to intellectual property rights. To date, this issue has remained unresolved. However, no serious practical consequences have resulted although it remains to be seen if this will change in the future. Where a space object has not been registered by any state, it may be necessary to revert to the principles of customary international law relating to prescriptive jurisdiction. In that case, a state may have jurisdiction over a space object through one of various bases of prescriptive jurisdiction. For example, territorial jurisdiction where the object was launched from its territory, or active nationality jurisdiction, where the space object is under the control of its natural or juridical nationals. Let us turn now to consider the contemporary application of these rules of jurisdiction. Three interesting cases should be considered. First, the exercise of jurisdiction and control by an international intergovernmental organisation. 
Second, the jurisdiction and control over a multi-component space object. And thirdly, the consequences of an in-orbit transfer of ownership over a space object. Do international intergovernmental organizations have the same rights and duties as states in relation registration or the exercise of jurisdiction over space objects? A close reading of Articles 6 and 13 of the Outer Space Treaty show that states remain primarily responsible for the actions undertaken by an international intergovernmental organization to which they are party. Article 13, in particular, provides that any practical questions arising in connection with activities carried on by international intergovernmental organizations shall be resolved either with the organization or with one or more of the member states of that organization. Interestingly, Article 7 of the Registration Convention provides that, for the purpose of that convention, references to states shall be deemed to apply to any international intergovernmental organization if the organization declares its acceptance of the rights and obligations thereof, and if a majority of the state's members of the organization are also states' parties to the convention. Article 7 further provides that the organization may maintain and a registry in order to register space objects launched in the framework of the activities of the organization. The registration is to be executed under the name of the organization. Practically speaking, however, the member states of an international intergovernmental organization tend to make agreements inter se in relation to the issues of jurisdiction and control of a spacecraft built or operated under the auspices of that international organization. One example relates to the European Space Agency, ESA. On the 21st of January 1979, ESA deposited a declaration of its acceptance of the Registration Convention. ESA has on its registry the registration for the Columbus module of the International Space Station. However, ESA also considers which of its member states could most appropriately exercise jurisdiction over the space object and its personnel. ESA, as an organization, does not do so itself. Where space objects are multi-component and built through an international cooperative partnership, an inter-party agreement in relation to jurisdiction and, con and control seems inevitable. The most significant example to date is the International Space Station. The International Space Station is a collaborative endeavour between Canada, Japan, Russia, the United States and 11 European member states represented by ESA. A special provision was included in the 29 January 1998 International Space Station Intergovernmental Agreement. It stipulates that a partner state that provided a particular module to the station is to register that module on its national registry. Therefore, the partner state that provided a module retains jurisdiction and control over that module. What happens when an astronaut of one nationality on board the International Space Station is in a module registered by another state? Article 5, paragraph 2 of the Intergovernmental Agreement provides that partner states retain jurisdiction and control in civil matters over personnel in or on the space station who are its nationals, even if those personnel are in a module within the jurisdiction and control of another state. In this manner, by way of the Intergovernmental Agreement, the astronaut's nationality takes precedence over the state of registration of a space object for the purposes of asserting jurisdiction. The jurisdictional rules are different with respect to criminal jurisdiction. Article 22 of the Intergovernmental Agreement provides that primary jurisdiction to prosecute an astronaut alleged to have committed a crime on board the space station, who is the national of Canada, Japan, Russia, the United States, or one of the European partner states, rests with the state of nationality of the astronaut. 
secondary jurisdiction to prosecute is granted to the state of the victim and the state that has jurisdiction over the flight element in which the alleged crime took place. This secondary jurisdiction is triggered only if the state of the perpetrator's nationality agrees to allow the other state to prosecute, or if it fails to provide adequate assurance that it will prosecute. A special regime was put in place for intellectual property. Article 21, paragraph 2 of the Intergovernmental Agreement provides that an activity occurring in or on a space station flight element shall be deemed to, be occur to have occurred only on the territory of the partner state of that element's registry. If the activity occurred on board one of the ESA registered elements, then any one of the 11 ESA member states may apply its intellectual property laws. Notably, the holder of any such intellectual property rights may only recover damages for infringement from one ESA partner state. What happens when a satellite is sold or ownership over it transferred while it is in orbit? The plain language of Article 8 of the Outer Space Treaty implies that jurisdiction and control remain with the state of registry. This makes little sense today, where commercial realities means that changes in ownership and control over a space object occurs frequently. One solution is to have the original state of registry enter into an agreement with the transferee state, such that the latter is granted jurisdiction over the transferred space object. Another solution is for the original state of registry to remove the space object from its national registry, and for the transferee state to re-register the object on its own national registry. For instance, upon transfer of the ownership of AsiaSat-1, AsiaSat-2, AppStar-1 and AppStar-1A in 1997, the four satellites were removed from the registry of the United Kingdom and re-registered on the National Register of China. This latter solution may be the best way forward, with the deregistration and re-registration of assets being transferred while in outer space simply included in the list of administrative requirements for such transfers. It can be seen that, thus far, the international legal regime providing for jurisdiction and control of space objects through the mechanism of registration has worked, for the most part. Where the fit is not perfect, actors and stakeholders have typically either stretched the regime to fit or found a workaround. Thank you.